Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered all throughout July with all the odds, props, promos, and parlays for baseball, WNBA, MMA, boxing, and more. Use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. That's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose, and we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be choosing it is a, a wonderful Monday, July 24th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in, however and whenever it is that you might be listening. We've got a great show coming at you today. Our friend Juju Talks Sports and I are back at it. Juju took a bit of a hiatus from the sports radio, sports talk game for a couple months. He, he's moved out to Austin, Texas, works as a TV producer, and uh, his side job is me and him putting together these fun YouTube videos. And of course, if you want to watch the shows that we're doing, you can always check out the Slump Buster YouTube channel, as we have done for years now, going back here on this show. Juju's going to join us today on the show. We are going to talk about Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud in the NFL, uh, what the top quarterbacks might look like in year one, given how the outlook of the Carolina Panthers and Houston Texans is looking. Uh, we're also going to talk about NBA free agent pre-free agency transactions and moves. Uh, he was interested in what was going on with the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. We talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, there's a, some NBA talk that goes on today on the show that I think you guys will enjoy. Before we get to that, though, I want to debut a update to one of our favorite parody songs here on the show. And to start this off, I want to take you guys back to uh, a, a few weeks ago when, for those who may have been paying attention, Fallout Boy made a parody to We Didn't Start the Fire that basically updates We Didn't Start the Fire from 1988 until the present. And I hate that the song is a banger because the lyrics that they chose are absolutely unhinged. Like, I know the original the original We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel has some dark moments in it and, like, real-life news stories. Uh, but Fall Out Boy went heavy on the darkness and then a handful of sports stuff, basically. Like, basically they went for, hey, Golden State Killer got caught. Hey, 
uh, police violence and police brutality. Oh yeah, also Venus and Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, and LeBron James. Like, seem to be kind of a theme. Like, just a lot of, like, dark death events was what they went for. Anyways, the lyrics are a little bit unhinged by Fallout Boy. And listening to the Fallout Boy parody song got We Didn't Start the Fire Stuck in My Head Again. And getting We Didn't Start the Fire Stuck in My Head Again for an hour led to me coming to the strange realization of, hey, I know that we're working a full-time job in radio now, and hey, I know that we do three podcasts a week instead of our five, which we did for years, but you know what I think that we need to do? I think we need to spend a couple hours in the lab recreating our Atlanta Falcons' We Didn't Start the Fire parody song for a couple of reasons. One, we made that song back in April or sorry, in October of 2021, which for those who may or may not remember what was going on in October of 2021, the Falcons were in the first year of the Arthur Smith regime, and it was coming off the season in which the Falcons, I believe, blew five double-digit leads and had some of the leads that they blew being like the most insane ways possible to blow leads, and it ultimately led to Dan Quinn being fired, including the famous game where Todd Gurley accidentally scores a touchdown too early, which then leads to Matthew Stafford throwing a Hail Mary to beat them in the most Lions versus Falcons football game of all time. But the reason that I wanted to update it is that there have been some new stuff that's happened to the Atlanta Falcons since we last made our song, and a lot of stuff that's happened to us in the last almost two years. And the stuff that happened with us is... We are much better at editing audio, and we are much better at creating the parody songs. Like, the Falcons parody song was probably one of the first couple that we had made, because it was only about a year and a half into the Take It Easy podcast, or close to two years into the Take It Easy podcast, and we just got a whole lot better at making the parody songs. So in my mind, I thought, hey, we can update the lyrics a little bit with some of the stuff that's happened to the Atlanta Falcons and players who have joined the team over the last two years, even though the Falcons have been a distinctly unremarkable football team. One of the great, pro- like one of the great sadnesses I have in the NFL as like a, a former NFL meme guy is watching the Falcons go from like the most entertaining, chaotic football team in the world where they were blowing 17 point leads left and right. And then they were having these incredible comebacks and crazy finishes. And they were just like, heart-stopping insane during the witching hour of NFL red zone and they would always end up eight and eight like no matter how ridiculous how crazy it was they would always score 35 points allow 35 points and you would win about half of the games you played for like four years that was the Falcons they were score 35 give up 35 and we're going to win about half the games and all of them are just going to be ridiculously cocaine field football and it sucks that now not only are the Falcons just a 7-10 and 10 team every year, they're a boring 7-10 and 10 team. Arthur Smith has completely ruined the identity of the Falcons, where one year they tanked and got the top pick that became Kyle Pitts, and then they've just been 7-10 and 10 the last two seasons. And I'm so disappointed, because if they're going to be 7-10 and 10 and boring, I mean, shit, there's a lot of those teams in the NFL. We don't need more 7-10 and 10 boring teams we need eight and eight chaotic cocaine fueled football like the atlanta falcons have been and that's why we made this parody song so in the two years since 
Arthur Smith has dismantled everything we used to love about the Atlanta Falcons. He has made them boring. He has made them a team that runs the ball 17 times in a row after Marcus Mariota threw an interception last year, which, by the way, is a real thing that happened. Mariota threw a pick, and then they ran the ball on 17 consecutive plays. The Falcons are boring. The Falcons are 7-10, and 10, so they're not actually that good. You can be boring and be good. Just don't be boring and 7-10 and 10 each of the last two seasons. Arthur Smith has ruined the Falcons, but new players have joined the team. There's been some new moments to add to the list, like Calvin Ridley being suspended an entire season for gambling on football. There's a lot of new stuff that we can add to our Atlanta Falcons parody song and a lot of technological prowesses that we can improve on because back then we were like recording out of our phone and then trying to listen to the song while having the lyrics go so it didn't line up exactly correctly. We've gotten a lot better at doing the parody song. So you know what? In honor of Fallout Boy updating We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel we decided that the time was right to update our We Didn't Start the Fire Atlanta Falcons parody song for a 2023 version. And so, without further ado, here is the debut of our Atlanta Falcons We Didn't Start the Fire 2023 update. Harry Douglas, Arthur Blank, Dante Fowler, Michael Vick, Devin Hester, Hayden Hurston, Caleb McGarry, Tack McKinley, Deion Sanders, Michael Turner, Grady Jarrett, Austin Hooper, Tevin Coleman, Tony Gonzalez. Work done, Brent Grimes, Kyle Pitts, Desher Font, Left Witch, Julio, Mascot Has, Creepy Eyes, Darren Holland, KZ, Gambling Calvin Ridley, AJ Terrell, Duron Harmon, Russell Gage, Vic Beasley, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we're always flying and we keep on trying, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we keep blowing leads but we try to fight it. Steven Jackson, Casey Hayward, Dan Quinn and Shanahan, Jake Matthews, Drake, London, Fabian Moreau, Mike Davis, Ito Smith, Devonta Freeman's Pro Bowl, Jockeys, Rogers, Asante, Samuel, Young Way, Dean Pease, Mike Smith had a winning team, Henry Crockett, Petrino, Mariota, Netflix, Deion Jones, Tajay Sharpcourt, Daryl is a running back, Chris Lindstrom, D'Angelo Hall, some dude named Zacchaeus, we're the Atlanta Falcons. We're always flying and we keep on trying. We're the Atlanta Falcons. We keep blowing leads, but we try to fight it. Dirty Bird, bring it back. Roddy White and Alex Mack, all for Luke McCown, Super Bowl prostitutes, Justin Hardy, Matt Schaub, Atlanta Braves baseball beat with an onside kick. Dirt Cutter's an idiot. Corey Peters, Richie Grant, Jesse Bates' contract, Bijan Mustard, Super Bowl's a no-go, Matty Ice's MVP, Mike Pinnell, Matt Hennessy, Dwight Freeney, Toy Lolo, don't score that ball, Todd Gurley, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we're always flying and we keep on trying, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we keep blowing leads but we try to fight it.
right. Hope you guys enjoyed the song. Got to weave in a whole bunch of new jokes. I always like going through this just to uncover the Easter eggs a little bit for you. But we added Gambling Calvin Ridley, which rhymed with Vic Beasley. I was so happy when I thought of that. I was like, oh, wait, instead of Calvin Ridley gambling, it's Gambling Calvin Ridley. And that rhymes with Vic Beasley. And so you get that at the end. That one was awesome. Uh, what else did we add? Oh, Bijan Mustard. For those who don't know, Bijan Robinson got his own mustard endorsement in college. So I felt like Bijan Mustard was a good way to weave him into the parody song. Uh, we added Drake London, who was their first round pick a year ago. Just some names that we threw in there. Casey Hayward, Jesse Bates's contract. Mariota Netflix. I haven't watched the Mariota on Netflix thing, but I feel like that's just like the most interesting thing that's happened to the Atlanta Falcons in these boring, boring two years since the last time we put together the parody song. So Mariota Netflix gets to be included. It's a unique thing to add to the song lyrics. Did Were we able to weave in Michael Vick fighting dogs? No, we just got Michael Vick in there, but we were able to find a place for Mariota Netflix. And I think that that will be one that we look back on and be like, oh yeah, Marcus Mariota did do that whole docu-series for Netflix. I mean, just listing off the names was the original premise and just trying to build out that song. I thought this was super fun. And it was it brought me back a little bit because now I, I've sang this song in my head and heard it so many times that I could do it almost without looking at notes anymore. And uh, the take, we did that in basically two takes. We were able to record that new version of the song just because I've heard it so many times but coming up with the names of the old Falcons was just a fun creative activity like I said spending a couple hours in the lab and doing these parody songs is always super fun that's why we have close to 12 of them now I want to say we've got uh, self-created parody songs we've got Buffalo Bills we've got Minnesota Timberwolves we got the um, the Miami Dolphins one the Cleveland Cavaliers one uh, the pa- the Green Bay Packers last dance, which then became the Brooklyn Nets last dance song. We have the Sam Darnold one that we made a couple years ago. I mean, it's just the Star Wars baseball universe that we created, the Stetson Bennett ones. I mean, it's, sometimes it's just fun to jump into the lab and put together these fun little parody songs or these fun skits and uh, getting to go back and recreate the Atlanta Falcons one two years later. The fact that we still have this podcast booming the way it has after two years of of content has been great and you guys have been fantastic in helping us grow that audience and put us in a place where we have a quarter of a million downloads and get to put together shows like this while also working in sports radio and going back to think about when we first created that song and the progress that we've seen over the last two years from improving our ability to just create the parody songs. I mean, this one sounds night and day compared to the old one. If you wait till the end of the show, I'll play the old one for you. So if you listen to Juju Talk Sports and I talk about the NBA and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, I'll play the old one for you at the end. But the new one was just is so much fun to go back and put that together. And uh, I hope you guys got to enjoy it. And uh, if there are Atlanta Falcons fans who have tuned in because they saw Atlanta Falcon parody song somewhere on social media, let me just say, this is all it. I, I wish your team was more entertaining, okay? You guys know how tormented being an Atlanta Falcons fan is. As someone who grew up a Chargers fan, we're basically doing the Spider-Man meme of each other with an AFC Falcons or NFC Chargers. But I just I wish the Falcons were this chaotic still. I wish we had 
some sort of fun, chaotic Falcons moment this year. That's what I'm rooting for. And hopefully we have brought that into existence with our Atlanta Falcons, We Didn't Start the Fire parody song. All right, that's enough out of the parody song aspect of this. Now we got Juju Talk Sports joining us here today on the Take It Easy podcast for a little sports radio Monday. Harry Douglas, Arthur Blank, Dante Fowler, Michael Vick, Devin Hester, Hayden Hurston, Caleb McGarry, Tack McKinley, Deion Sanders, Michael Turner, Grady Jarrett, Austin Hooper, Tevin Coleman, Tony Gonzalez. Work done, Brent Grimes, Kyle Pitts, Desher Font, Left Witch, Julio, Mascot has creepy eyes, Darren Holland, KZ, Gambling Calvin Ridley, AJ Terrell, Duron Harmon, Russell Gage, Vic Beasley, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we're always flying and we keep on trying, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we keep blowing leads but we try to fight it. Steven Jackson, Casey Hayward, Dan Quinn and Shanahan, Jake Matthews, Drake, London, Fabian Moreau, Mike Davis, Ito Smith, Devonta Freeman's Pro Bowl, Jockeys, Rogers, Asante, Samuel, Young Way, Dean Pease, Mike Smith had a winning team, Henry Crockett, Petrino, Mariota, Netflix, Deion Jones, Tajay Sharp, Cordero, Lizza, running back, Chris Lindstrom, D'Angelo Hall, some dude named Zacchaeus, we're the Atlanta Falcons. We're always flying and we keep on trying. We're the Atlanta Falcons. We keep blowing leads, but we try to fight it. Dirty Bird, bring it back. Roddy White and Alex Mack, all for Luke McCown, Super Bowl prostitutes, Justin Hardy, Matt Schaub, Atlanta Braves baseball beat with an onside kick. Dirt Cutter's an idiot. Corey Peters, Richie Grant, Jesse Bates' contract, Bijan Mustard, Super Bowl's a no-go, Matty Ice's MVP, Mike Pinnell, Matt Hennessy, Dwight Freeney, Toy Lolo, don't score that ball, Todd Gurley, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we're always flying and we keep on trying, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we keep blowing leads but we try to fight it. All right, Kyle, did, did you play a little bit of hot and cold when you were a kid? Little bit, little bit. Okay, so if a hot is winning an NBA title and cold is the NBA lottery, I want to go through a couple teams as NBA free agency kind of marches on. Some teams that are more or less set. We know what their roster is going to look like. The Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I guess the Mavericks are a little bit colder, although I do like that they picked up Seth Curry. Like, that was one of their problems last year was trying to figure out the floor spacing. But, I mean, yeah, ultimately their team is Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic and not a whole lot else. I mean, I know they picked up uh, two bigs in the draft this last year. Olivier Maxwell Prosper 
from France, and uh, I believe it was uh, Jaden Maxi. I think his name is, and that'll help them obviously by getting longer and adding shooting with Seth Curry, but those are kind of periphery moves at this point. Dallas will be better next year than they were this last year, but at the same time, I guess colder than, say, Dallas is on their way to winning the championship or even getting back to the Western Conference Finals like they did in 2022. Golden State Warriors. Golden State, I don't know what to do with them because I don't believe there's anything they can do to win a championship. But at the same time, they have Steph Curry. So that usually is a bump for your team in the the going to be better category. But I don't think Golden State really got a whole lot better or worse coming out of this draft. Uh, they got a couple of young players who probably won't play minutes given how their, their roster lines up. And then Chris Paul replaces Jordan Poole as the sixth man, which will make their floor spacing a little bit better and uh there's talks about Chris Paul is going to be like the personal coach for Moody and Kaminga, which, you know, we'll see how that ends up going with that unit as the the second unit. But I mean, they got better by upgrading from Jordan Poole to Chris Paul. I just don't think that it's enough to really make them better than the sixth seed they were last year. Austin Celtics, hotter or colder? It's hard to get hotter than the best team in the NBA, which is what the Boston Celtics were last season. But I, I talked about this when the trade first went down, which is that, first of all, Boston's best chance of winning is to keep Tatum and Brown together and then figure that thing out from there because like they were the best team in the regular season last year in the NBA. They were two games away from winning the finals the year before. Like on paper, I hear you're upgrading from Marcus Smart to Kristaps Porzingis. And I think, yeah, that is on paper an upgrade. Porzingis is a better player. And then I think of the practical application and I'm like, oh, how are they going to put that together? I don't think Porzingis is going to be as valuable as he might be given that that he's now the third option on the the Boston Celtics the way they they put their offense together he's going to be touching the ball less and if you touch the ball less you are often less valuable just as a name of the game like you can't make an you can't make as much of an impact if you aren't as involved the way Porzingis was in Washington and New York less so in Dallas but let's focus on the Washington and New York periods of Porzingis's career so the good news for Boston is they didn't have to overpay to get him like all they basically had to do was flip Marcus Smart in exchange for Porzingis. And by the way, I think they got a draft pick in exchange as well mm-hmm. from the Memphis Grizzlies. So, you know, I guess at the end of the day, they didn't overpay for it. So I guess everything's going to be OK there for Boston. They just dumped some salaries of Gallinari and Muscala to make it work. So, yeah, I think Boston is going to continue to be a top three team in the NBA. No move that they made made them worse at the end of the day. Okay, and the last one I'm going to haunt a cold test you on is Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Hmm. You know, I made the joke when the trade first went down for Phoenix that they went from getting bounced in six games in the second round to the Nuggets to getting bounced in five games in the second round to the Nuggets. Like, yes, Bradley Beal is a better player than anything they had prior. And also, it doesn't make them better than Denver and also doesn't address the fact that they're probably going to have some injuries in the regular season. But Phoenix is the second best team in the Western Conference. And I think that's worth something. Also, they filled out their bench quite nicely. I know everyone was like, who are they going to have to play after the the big five? And they actually did fill out their bench kind of nicely. They got Chemezi Metu from the Sacramento Kings. They brought back Josh Akogi. They brought back Damon Lee. I, I do think they have a solid enough bench around those guys. So Phoenix is the second best team in the West, which I guess is worth something. So I'll go hot. 
So Frank Vogel versus Monty Williams. How do you think that's going to go down? Obviously bringing in more of a defensive coach. We know the problems that Monty Williams is having with uh, some of the personnel there in Phoenix. Phoenix out of those teams, teams I mentioned is probably the most interesting because you add in, because you add in a, a mega deal like uh, Brad, uh, Bradley Bill. And we've been talking about Bradley Bill getting traded for what feels like a decade at this point. <laughs> so to see it finally happen, what basically stole all the headlines for at least a week before we got into the real free agency talk that we're talking about well today i i think some of the things that people are saying and you know this is more casual take that you'll take that you'll see on nba it's not an untrue take there is obviously only one basketball and you have a ball and you have a bunch of guys who are scores between kd devin booker and Adley bill who do you think is the most ground between that and that trio the phoenix suns go as far as devin booker takes them that has been the case for ever since Durant got traded. Beal is obviously the clear number three, which I don't think means like, oh, Beal's going to take a step back. There were times where last year he was the number two behind Porzingis on the Washington Wizards. So I think that the Phoenix Suns go as far as Devin Booker takes them. And that's kind of crazy to think about, right? Like after Kevin Durant's one of the 10 to 15 greatest players in the history of the NBA. And at this stage of his career, the Phoenix Suns go as far as Devin Booker takes them, which by the way, isn't the worst bet in the world because the Phoenix Suns, they were two games away from winning the championship with Devin Booker as their best player two years ago when they had that Chris Paul, Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton team that won the Western Conference. So it's not a bad bet to say we go as far as Devin Booker takes you because he just might be one of the five, six best players in the NBA. Also, yeah, no reason they should yeah. have fired Monty Williams. That's just whatever. They they got Frank Vogel. Fine, whatever. He's like Jason Kidd on that Brooklyn Nets team. I guess Ray Aiden's happy at least, right? He's still with this team, by the way, too. That's another weird nuance here. I was expecting him fully get dealt after the Bradley Bill deal happened, but here we are. He's still there. <laughs> Let's revisit the Boston Celtics a little bit because I tell you, man, this had my heart. Ugh, I was uh, this this one had me torn. If the Celtics ever pulled down Banner eight or eighteen, I wanted to be with that group, that trio: Marcus Acetate, Jalen Brown, because these are home guys. These are guys that we part of this core for years. Yes, they've teased us, they've tantalized us, but at the same time, like they stole our hearts for years. Especially Marcus with the hustle plays. But still, it's the same effect of. The Warriors and Draymond Green. That's what we had with Marcus Smart, and he's gone. And I do think Kristaps is a good trade. I, I think that that was a good move by Brad Stevens. He saw the value. Like you mentioned, picks back. You just traded away Gallinari, a player who didn't even get to step on the court for you because of that ACL injury last year. And you managed to turn that into Kristaps, who turned into your number three scorer on this team. Or, well, I guess if you kind of factor in where Malcolm, where Malcolm Brogdon's kind of said, also an awkward situation, given that he was traded for a minute and then he wasn't. But Malcolm Brogdon with this team, as far as the Jays go, sure, I agree with that. It is completely valid when you when you talk about this team and what it's going to happen there because you look at the Miami series while Jalen having one of the worst game sevens in the history of game sevens is where you start. If Jalen Brown just has his normal 20 plus point stat line, uh, doesn't, doesn't shoot Malik from three, then the Boston Celtics are probably in the NBA finals. How that goes with Denver with Denver. Well, currently that's the Vegas favorites going on for next year's finals, Austin versus Nuggets. Um, maybe puts you in a better position. And if that is the case, 
you probably want some more versatile bit like a Porzingis on your on your team when you are talking about going against that dude out there, Nikola Jokic, coming off his NBA championship. You want some more flexibility, and especially when you have an aging Al Horford, uh, Rob Williams, whose injury history is long as long as the day is I don't know what I don't know whatever thing. <laughs> but either way, my point is having at least that trio I think works, and you already had some talent in guards between Brogdon White. Now Peyton Pritchard, who wants to trade this offseason, I guess yes, he gets more minutes. So we'll see how uh, you know Joe Mazzola won in. I think they're increment closer. You look at the East. I still think they're the best team. Philly's going to take a step back. We know with the Harden stuff. I don't think Patrick Beverly, Beverly is going to go for them exactly. And then. <laughs> The Bucks. I mean, it's a health concern. Health concern, and I don't know what to do with this Miami team. That's that's still TBD as we still wait on a lure trade. So Miles Sanders, the new Carolina Panthers starting running back, he had this to say when talking about Bryce Young. He's cocky in a humble way, the humblest way. He knows who he is. I think we're in good hands. On the opposite side of things, so I saw CJ Stroud recently talking about his Madden, Madden rating. He's a little upset about that. He's a little salty over it. Sitting in the 70s, but what are you going to do? Like Most rookies have horrible Madden ratings. It just kind of comes with the territory. You kind of have to prove it. Speaking of proving it, who's going to prove it in year one out of these two guys? Oh, that's a good question, actually. Who's going to prove it between those two? I'm going to bet on Bryce Young. And the reason I'm going to bet on Bryce Young is regarded as the slightly better draft prospect and entering a better situation this year. The Houston Texans have been, have had the worst record in the NFL over the last three seasons. If you add uh, all the records up, I believe they're 11-33-1. It's something like that. Maybe 11-38-1 or something like that. But uh, they have been the worst team in the NFL over the last three seasons. And despite the fact that they traded like all of their future draft capital to move up in the NFL draft this year... And get two franchise altering players. I don't think they're dramatically different on paper than they were to last year's team. I mean, yes, they have added Robert Woods, but they also subtract uh, Brandon Cooks. They add Dalton Schultz in free agency, but they lose OJ Howard, who was surprisingly a pretty good pickup for them off the, the waiver wire. Uh, from Tampa Bay. So, you know, I don't think they're dramatically different. You could argue maybe Will Anderson is going to be changing the entire construct of their defense by virtue of being there. And they gave up draft capital that suggests they believe him to be that type of prospect. Him and Derek Stingley are really the only two players that are really jump off the page on defense. I mean, they have a couple names on defense, but it's it's not really a defense that I think is going to be anywhere but in the bottom 10 in the league. Houston isn't really a very good team. And the best thing I can say about the Panthers is they will probably not finish last in their division this year because they are better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Bryce Young has at least the foundation of competence built around him. I mean, that was a seven win team last year. They traded Christian McCaffrey and somehow got better at the end of the season. Uh, They have two top-end offensive linemen. They have some names on defense, although I'd argue that 15 teams in the NFL have names on defense, and the Panthers' defense is not remarkable, but at least it's not terrible. They have NFL-quality players on defense, and so I think Bryce Young is has a better chance of showing out to start his rookie campaign because he has a better foundation built around him. Even though I liked D'Amico, I, I love D'Amico. He was a great, great defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers for the last few years. 
We've seen this story time after time with a defensive-minded head coach bringing in like a younger quarterback like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young in this case. When you look at Carolina, you look at what Bryce Young had. So Frank Reich, name kind of got dragged through the mud with how things things went in Annapolis, but he at least kind of knows what it's like to be an NFL quarterback, right? He can have that discussion with Bryce Young and kind of teach him the ropes. And, you know, before everything happened in Indianapolis the way it did, Frank Reich obviously had the reputation of, of a guru. D'Amico did bring in Bobby Sloak, who's a bas- passing game coordinator for the 40, 49ers, his OC. Now we've seen a lot of these like 49er guys, uh, Rams guys, you know, basically people coming out from like that uh, West Coast coaching tree, set the world on fire, you know, with, you know, with bring offense over to their respective teams. Go wrong, too. We've also seen like uh, what happened with the younger LaFleur in New York. Things really pan out there. It's entirely possible that that doesn't necessarily translate. And even if it does... The Shanahan system has a reputation for taking multiple years to really stick in guys' minds. Uh, Matt Ryan even said he didn't really get it in year one. There's a lot of verbiage, so that might take a little bit of time for uh, C.J. Stroud to learn in his first in Houston. So as far as like who's going to show out in year one, it might take C.J. Stroud a little bit longer just because of that, not necessarily just of the talent on the field uh, versus Frank. Again, in Carolina, I think Frank Rank's going to try and make it as simple as he can for Bryce Young, and it only helps that he has that he has some on his team like Adam Thielen, Sanders, guys who have been in the league to guide him in at least his rookie year and potentially into the next couple of years too, multi-year contracts for a couple of those dudes. Yeah, I think it's interesting because – the Houston Texans are clearly a rebuilding project. I have joked for years now they are in year four of a five-year rebuild and no NFL team has ever embarked on a five-year rebuild because you're not supposed to be that bad. You're not supposed to give up all of your good players, all of your draft picks and spend all of your money. It, it like The Houston Texans were run so poorly that it's taken them like four years to even have a chance of digging themselves out of the muck that Bill O'Brien and the youth pastor who ran the franchise for three years dug a hole for them into so yeah the houston texans are in year four of a five-year rebuild and at the very least now they have some talented players to show for it like i said Derek stingley and will anderson being the prizes at the end of it i forgot jimmy ward plays for them now that's actually a pretty good pickup following D'Amico over to houston so they have three good players on the defensive side of the ball and like you said, it's going to be a bit of a building project. Obviously, D'Amico is going to bring that offense of the, the Mike Shanahan zone run scheme, all that stuff. They're going to try and bring that to Houston. They're going to try and run it with CJ Stroud. It might end up helping Damian Pierce for those of you who are fantasy football people or maybe Devin Singletary. I know he's kind of the backup there, but I've seen enough of Devin Singletary to know what that is at this point in his career. So <laughs> maybe that's going to help out the running game and the running game will support Stroud a little bit, but I feel pretty confident saying the Houston Texans are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL next season. They're going to lose a lot of games. And like you said, this season's going to be about development where Carolina com- could come in and have immediate success. I don't, I'm not saying success in terms of like a deep playoff run, but they could be in the mix come week 17. Well, you know, too, let's add in their division, right? The NFC South relatively to uh, the AFC South is wide open. The Texans have to build themselves up. The NFC South right now, I mean, probably the Saints might be the best team in that division. I'm seeing like Tampa trying to hype up everyone on Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask as their quarterback room. And the Falcons, I mean, 
okay, well, if you're buying hard on the Bijan Bijan Robinson stock, then sure, maybe Arthur Smith could will that team to more success in what his third year. But uh, Carolina has a realistic shot, just given how bad the division is around them. And if that defense plays better than the average defense that they've been the last few years that everyone keeps trying to hype me up on and I just don't believe in, then perhaps Carolina finds uh, a little bit of an identity if you can be a top half team on offense and a top half team on defense you're probably going to make the playoffs in the nfl doesn't guarantee you anything against say the eagles or the 49ers or uh, the seattle seahawks but you know what you can get pretty close to the playoffs if you just perform at average on both sides of the ball and relatively speaking carolina has that skill set and if bryce young is the quarterback that they traded two first round picks and their franchise wide receiver to acquire then they will have a measure of success potentially while bryce young is still on his rookie contract all right guys well let us know below in the comment section who are you buying stock in is it going to be bryce young or cj stroud in year one leave it in the comment section stay safe happy and healthy Harry Douglas, Arthur Blank, Dante Fowler, Michael Vick, Devin Hester Hayden, Hurston Caleb McGarry, Tack McKinley, Deion Sanders, Michael Turner, Grady Jarrett, Austin Hooper, Tevin Coleman, Tony Gonzalez. Warwick Dunn, Brent Grimes, Kyle Pitts, Des Trefont, Left Witch, Julio, Mascot Has Creepy Eyes, Darren Holland, KZ, Maddie won an MVP, AJ Terrell, Duron Harmon, Russell Gage, Vic Beasley, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we're always flying and we keep on trying, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we keep blowing leads but we try to fight it. Steven Jackson, Jalen Mayfield, Dan Quinn, and Shanahan, Jeff, George, Jake, Matthews, Fabian, Moreau, Mike Davis, Ito Smith, Devonta Freeman's Pro Bowl, Jock Keys, Rogers, Asante, Samuel, Young Way, Dean Pease, Mike Smith had a winning team, Henry Crockett, Petrino, Calvin Ridley, Jaden Graham, Deion Jones, Tajay Sharkor, Daryl is a running back, Chris Lindstrom, D'Angelo Hall, some dude names Zacchaeus, we're the Atlanta Falcons. We're always flying and we keep on trying. We're the Atlanta Falcons. We keep blowing leads, but we try and fight it. Dirty Bird, bring it back. Roddy White and Alex Mack, Alford, Luke McCown, Super Bowl prostitutes, Justin Hardy, Matt Shaw, Atlanta Braves, baseball beat with an onside kick. Dirt Cutter's an idiot. Corey Peters, Richie Grant, Chris Chandler, Paul Warlow, Lee Smith, Jay Brown, Super Bowl's a no-go, Sunu, Brooks, Reed, Mike Pinnell, Matt Hennessy, Dwight Freeney, Toy Lolo, don't score that ball, Todd Gurley. We're the Atlanta Falcons, we're always flying and we keep on trying, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we keep blowing leads and we try to fight it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.